Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Happy New Year. Again. I, fi- I, fig- <laughs> I figure all of January you could say That's that. That's true. That's true. We're still getting into the swing of things. You're probably yeah. still trying it's to... one day. It's like... 10 seconds it boils down to and then well, especially everything. you spend like two months celebrating the holidays between right. thanksgiving and new year's someone was telling me the other day that it took them four months to put up their christmas decorations and it takes them like two hours to take them all down so it's just like that's funny I know, some people i feel like well. it's the opposite take one day that's to true. put them up and they <laughs> don't take them down until saint patrick's day yeah. <laughs> serious that's so funny anyway hope you guys are still enjoying january did you make any resolutions this year? I did. I was trying to I, I took Spanish in high school, but mm. it's been a while and you know, so I, I signed up for Duolingo, the app. It's like a game. So I'm trying to brush up on my Spanish a little bit better. Um, the interns are all telling me you do like competition. So it is like competition. <laughs> I I was telling them the other day that I knew we needed to have Philip on it too. Because um, then because you can compete against people. So like him and I can compete since we're the only two in the office that don't speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that would be good. But they say it takes 21 days to develop a habit, right? I think so, so yeah. So I'm on day 18 oh, okay. of that's an 18-day streak. So a couple yeah. more days and maybe it'll be a habit. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, my resolution last year was I had gotten like six planners from like different people. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had taken one of them and um, I had read some article about trying to rewire your brain for positivity. And so... Every day for 365 days, I wrote something positive. And sometimes it'd be more than one thing. But my, you know, goal was at least one. And, mm-hmm. and it was nice to have like the planner to do that. And I I did it. And I think I kind of want to continue that. And then I was reading another article this year about setting intentions. Oh, no, mm. I was listening to Pod Save America. That's who was talking mm. about it. Mm-hmm. They were talking about setting an intention is better than trying to like have this like goal right because are you doing like daily i heard that like daily is better than like saying i'm gonna do this for the month it's easier if you make smaller ones like a daily like Mm. this is what i'm gonna accomplish today or this is how i'm gonna feel today or this is how i'm going to that's a good point i hadn't thought that because I read something about like if you have daily goals or daily intentions, mm-hmm. it's just like breaking it's it more, down. Right. And it's more yeah. manageable. And yeah. then you get the like reinforcement at the end of each day. So it's more well, podcast. We listened to my favorite murder. Remember when they like started or they were going to go to yoga? It was as if they were making like this goal and like sometimes they'd hit it and it'd be fine. And sometimes they didn't. But like sometimes you take yeah. too big of a bite. Um, yeah. So that's actually yeah, that's actually a good idea. I hadn't thought that quickly. My thought process was just continue yeah. from last Because I think year. a lot of people do like <laughs> monthly or yearly or even weekly yeah. and, you know, even seven mm-hmm. days, like you may not do something all seven days. Yeah. But if you set it for the day, then it could be something different Well, I could day. see like a month. You're just like, oh, I'm going to do this like for the month. And then she's like, oh, I didn't do it this week. Okay, well, I'll make up for yeah. it. And then all of a sudden you're in their last week of the month and you're going to go to four yoga classes like that right. doesn't like work out right. that way. Yeah. Um, just setting too high of expectations for yourself. Yeah. 
I haven't really thought this through before we recorded this, so I just well, got I was that in far. The yoga class I was in the other day, the instructor was talking about like setting intentions. I think this was yeah. on New Year's Day, I think, mm. and it was a pretty full class because, of course, New everybody's Year's Day. there. Yeah. That's what everyone's mm-hmm. New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. But she was talking about she was like how why so many fail, and one of the big things she was saying was because a lot of people do make their resolutions based on or make their goals based on what other people want them to do rather than what they want to do or Or what they think is manageable right or what they they think someone wants them to do or expects them to do yeah instead of being like i'm gonna go to the gym like three times a week you could start with like it doesn't necessarily have to be the gym like you could just get out and walk for 20 minutes right i think they say get outside 30 minutes or whatever yeah 30 minutes a day or something actually that that, you know that might be a good starting place just trying to because sometimes we're inside so much Mm -hmm. like trying to remember we would go on walks we should try that again i know we really should because that was good i feel like i got some sun some vitamin d yeah maybe we make a goal for like two days a week yeah because two days, yeah. I think, is manageable. And it doesn't have to be three minutes, like, just as long as we get outside. Because sometimes I think we're just like, oh, we can't go for, like, three minutes. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'm... That's good. Okay, well, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy so, New Year. Um, we may have updated this episode, but it's pretty relevant for us right now. So a couple months ago, we had talked to you guys about LAUSD, the eminent teacher strike. strike. Yeah. Um, teacher strikes I think it was October so maybe yeah. we had done it in November where we were talking about how they were going to go into another session to see if uh, negotiations were going right. to happen and so this is the first week of January that we're recording this and um, we are now on the brink of that strike yeah so it could start as early as this following Thursday but essentially that Friday I think the fourth LAUSD saw that the teachers union was like okay that's it like we're striking on this you know whatever date and they actually their counsel brought an argument to the court to try to prevent the strike and essentially it was a very very i mean as attorneys we can say this very very interesting and creative argument so essentially which doesn't mean we agree with it right it's right just right, right. it's just creative. it's very creative. which sometimes when you're on the defensive end you have to just pull anything out i mean when i did trial ad um there was a class criminal trial ad i loved being on the defense because you could just be so creative right. i mean obviously there was there's no life or death it was a made-up class but like I feel like when you read some of these stories, you kind of see like, oh, my gosh, like this district, you know, this defense attorney is just coming out of the woodworks saying this, like what? And like sometimes it's sick, sometimes it doesn't. You could just like whatever. Yeah. So essentially what they said was, listen, we feel that you should prevent the teachers at minimum, the special education teachers from striking because we as a school district have to provide under the federal law a free and appropriate public education. So kind of throwing it back in our faces, what we fight for every single day. And my gut reaction to the superintendent is, uh, yeah, you haven't been doing this for years and years and years, which is the reason why our jobs exist. So for you to now claim that now is just laughable. It, it was just this like maneuver, right? Where the district's like, we're responsible under federal law. We have to do this. And LAUSD had an added thing because they had said that they are supervised 
under a settlement agreement that happened years and years ago, and I'll get into that a little bit later, that essentially is another obligation as to why the the judge has to stop the special education teachers. It was the Chandra Smith case. Um, ACLU had brought it in, I think, 93. And so, so did the law firm that Valerie Vanderman, I think we've spoken about her. She was like, like started special education yeah. law for students. She's in Newman, Arison, and, and Vanderman. So in 93 uh, was when they filed the class action on behalf of students with disabilities in LAUSD. And the lawsuit alleged the district special education practice in the area of child find identification, tracking of student records, and placement were in violation of the requirements of the Individuals with Disability Education Act. So essentially, the settlement from this case obligated the district to, I mean, I think that's when LAUSD changed their forms. They did right. a whole bunch of other stuff. So now, you know, fast forward to 2019, LAUSD's teachers are like, enough is enough. Like, we right. need to do this. And the district's like, no, no, no. So it was interesting. The judge essentially was like, okay, for this matter, like I'm not going to do anything. But it's not like the judge didn't say this could work. They essentially right. said, you need to file a separate lawsuit if this is where you're going to go. And the district's response was like, you know, we want to pro- we want to protect our kids with special education. So right. if we have to file this, right. you know, separately, we might. And it's just like, that's going to cost, that's a whole other lawsuit. Right. What is that going to cost? It's going to cost a lot of money. Exactly. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of time. And I mean, just the idea that, oh, we're going to try to pretend like we care about the special education students. Number one, you should be caring about all students. Right. I mean, that's, important Mm -hmm. and so why do some students get teachers and not the other but just the mere fact that you're trying to to claim the law when you violated every single (laughs) damn day (laughs) i just i just don't understand and and then there's the side of it that's like okay well if special education teachers are there and gen ed teachers aren't more likely the gen ed students are not going to come to school because if there's not going to be teachers, the parents are likely not going to do that or they're not going to cross the picket line. But then if the special education students are expected to show up, does that mean that if the parents of the special ed students decide to keep their children home um, and not cross the picket line, that they're going to get truancy letters? Are they going to get sarbed? And so we're again discriminating against these students. We're they, then preventing they can them. They prevent this. LAUSD There's can so prevent much. this. So the, the, this is Los Angeles Times article that had just come out Friday. So it had said, quote, the judge acknowledged that the strike could burden LAUS, LA Unified's efforts to provide services to students. But he said the district court filing is a new and independent claim that would inject facts and legal issues that have nothing to do with claims that were settled over 15 years ago. And then he said, you know, Lou held open the possibility that the district could file a claim later, but said it would be, it would have to be after the start of the strike and was likely to involve a more time consuming process. And like we said, even more costs and essentially where the teachers union is, I guess there's going, Oh, so we might have an update. So there is a scheduled last ditch negotiation, as the article says, for Monday. So we're recording this on a Sunday, so that'll be tomorrow. So that'll be January seventh. Yeah, and they're expected to go on strike on the eleventh. I think starting so, yeah. the Friday. Yeah, yeah. And Mayor Garcetti asked them to go to City Hall. He had told the Times, like Garcetti had told the Times, I, 
I'm not invited to like be in the room, but like I'll be prepared to like, I guess to help out. I don't know. What? Or try to participate. I don't, I don't even know, like, know what he would. I don't like- know. Maybe he's trying to be a mediator. Like, I don't know. But if you recall, so when we had first talked to you guys about this, we had said their last negotiations were October and those had broken down and that that was it. We didn't think that they would negotiate again, but obviously it's like inevitable. So like, I'm sure the district has to do something. I mean, I know that I was listening to an uh, um, episode on NPR on the radio and they, there was a teacher and a parent that were just talking about, you know, the things that they were looking for in the negotiations. I, I think this teacher was, you know, one of the reps or people like in the union that were, you know, moving things along and it was just you know there's so many things that they're fighting for it's not just teacher pay that it just doesn't sound like they're gonna come I mean I think the strike is probably inevitable so the district has offered teachers a six but this is again the Los Angeles Times um, article they offered a six percent raise spread over the first two years of a three-year contract However, the union was arguing for a 6.5 raise that would take effect like right. all at once well, in a year six, sooner. Six percent over three years. That's essentially inflation. Yeah. So what does that even do? And, you know, they do make note that it's not just about that. And we talked about what it was right. um, and we, what you were alluding to. So they're also demanding a reduction in class sizes. And the hiring of enough nurses, librarians, and counsel counselors to fully staff campuses across the nation's second largest school district. Well, and that's so important because we have nurses that are never there. We because they're there at the campus one day a week because they have so many schools to go to, and they're only there for half the day. So these kids that need necessary medical services can't be served, or the counselors they can't get. You know, they get pulled out of the most inconvenient time for counseling because, or God forbid, a kid actually needs a therapist not when they're have a scheduled session but when yeah. they actually have a crisis and the right. therapist isn't there well could you imagine just going in the library and like not having a librarian like it's I, just like what? no that's crazy um so the superintendent had said like you know your proposals are worthy but like if we accept them they would quote immediately push the school district into insolvency and so <laughs> that's like the standstill right like these teachers are trying to fight for the future of public education um, again the article indicates there's about 60,000 disabled students that's 12 percent of the overall enrollment of special education that LAUSD services right which is not a small number Mm-mm. and so the district's legal filing was based part on this long-running settlement that I had alluded to, Chandra Smith modified consent decree. So um, Chandra Smith was an LAUSD student who received deficient education. Like I said, it was a 1993 lawsuit. But as the article alluded to, you know, this agreement has been around for 15 years. So it's like, yeah, it started in 93. Right. And by the time, because I had read another article, by the time that courts were really hearing it it was she was like 27 like it was just like two, yeah but anyway because she was deprived of services that were legally required in the federal law district officials only agreed to sweeping and costly measures to assist all students with disabilities all under the supervision of a court appointed monitor that agreement holds till today and LAUSD for years has been trying to get out of this settlement. and then now they're using it as oh we have to follow exactly it. So, therefore if we and so basically what they're saying is if the special education teachers don't work and the special education students don't go to school and therefore they're in breach of the settlement agreement so essentially what they were trying to argue was they were trying to make special education teachers go against their union by saying if they go on strike 
you know, what are we going to do with our disabled students? And so they wanted a court order to keep those specific workers on the job. And that could have also affected not just the teachers, but some of the nurses, counselors, some of the psychiatric um, social workers. We have to think about all the people that have to work with the students with special needs. It's not just the teachers. Yeah, it's not just the teachers. So then they're not allowed to go on strike. They have to cross the picket line. They're like, that's just putting them in a horrible position, not to mention the fact that, again, the students won't get, they won't get a FAPE. If it's just the special education teachers there, they won't. So your argument is just not valid. And what's interesting to note when in this other article that I was reading about Chandra Smith, Mark Rosenbaum of the ACLU, and this is in the the court doc, had indicated the lawsuit aims were so simple and limited and could have been taken care of by tomorrow. Similarly, an attorney for LAUSD referred to the problem as simple as one that should have been handled out of court. So this I'm reading from a leadership briefing paper. It's dated September 8, 2004, produced by the Urban Special Education Leadership Collaborative. So that was in his like little introduction that he was indicating that and it was just like wow like and I mean it was sleeping I mean it still holds today that they're being monitored and then they're sitting here for this teacher strike and they're saying like oh well we really need to do this so I mean for us it's it's a creative argument you know like the district attorney said like you know maybe they'll bring a separate lawsuit I I don't know if they're gonna drag their feet like you're gonna pay for a lawsuit when part of that money could go to Right. Well, to not give only the teachers what they want. Yeah, not only that, but by the time they bring that lawsuit and that lawsuit gets heard in court, the strike will have already gone on. Right. For how long? Yeah. And we know that like how many days was the big Arizona strike? Was it like 19 days or something like that? Oh yeah. We, we, so we if had, you think um, about it, the amount of time for them to refile this suit, forgot, go yeah. through court, get a court date. The strike may be over. So then you're wasting all this taxpayer dollars. And I mean, for them to say that like they would have no money if they paid the teachers union what the teachers union wanted is absolutely ludicrous considering that we know that LAUSD has reserves of millions of dollars. Not to mention that if they were to eliminate just one unnecessary administrative role, you'd probably have that money. I mean, it it's going to be interesting. I'm sure other states or maybe other cities even in california are waited with bated breath because i mean this is you know the second largest school right. district in the nation like i'm I'm sure it's sweeping right i, I yeah. think the teachers know and you know we've always said that yes we advocate on behalf of children with special needs and it's against the school district but teachers are not our enemies like right. we are right. trying to help them sometimes you have gen ed students there's 40 and you know, four of those kids are special ed. Like maybe right. they have autism and some have behaviors. Well, and you're the not teachers giving her an aid. Specialized you're not giving experience. each of them an right. aid. Like what? Like it's so crazy. Yeah. So, you know, we're obviously behind the teachers. Obviously, we don't like that it could affect some of our students. Uh, majority but when of we our look students. at when we look at in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. for what the, te- what the mm-hmm. strike is fighting for, right. you know, of course, it would be detrimental to these students to not be in school if it happens to be like 15 to 19 days but if in the grand scheme of things we're getting those smaller classrooms right. we're getting the librarians and the health i mean the nurses the nurses could be life-saving they rotate it's right. like oh the nurse yeah. is only here every wednesday from like 11 to 2 and i'm like what yeah what does that mean like i don't understand for some of you parents that are just like well what's gonna happen is there school abc7 actually put together an article on the four on Friday the 4th, LAUSD teacher strike guide for parents. So essentially, there was frequently asked questions and these were the answers from LAUSD. So should students attend school if there's a strike? Yes, students are expected to attend school every day. Schools will be open and students will participate in instructional programs. 
Will school schedules change? No. School hours, morning and after school programs and meals will not change. So, I mean, obviously there's protocol for this, right? They're, right. they're saying things are going to go as, as normal. You know, if there is a change, they'll notify you. Will schools continue to serve meals? Yes. Food service will not change and each school will continue to provide regularly scheduled meals. Because that is major. I mean, a lot of kids go well, hungry. For a lot of kids, that's the only meal of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Will student learning take place during a strike? Yes. Instruction will be provided by qualified LA Unified staff, which includes certified and classified staff, qualified substitute employees, or reassigned administrators. So we were discussing this before we were recording because um, I think a lot of the admins aren't part of the teachers union, yeah. which is interesting because they wouldn't have thought the nurses, librarians w- would be part of it, but they are. But it's interesting because you have to have certain credentials to teach right. children Well, it's like they with say special needs. Like those, the temporary subs like the qualifications mm, for a temporary yeah. sub is so minimal That's true. and like technically temporary subs like mm-hmm. don't have to have certain mm-hmm. quite criteria mm-hmm. um if they're temporary and temporary is like a certain amount of days yeah, and so I, if they just rotate them thought substitute teachers would be part of the union but i guess they wouldn't necessarily huh? no because substitute teachers don't have to have credentials in most mm-hmm. cases mm-hmm. they're not so you've got and this is what a lot of times schools do if they have if they need That's like a long term sub a long term sub has to have a credentials mm-hmm. but a short term sub doesn't and so what they'll do is they'll and it, like I, I forget the amount of days but I think it's like you know more than 20 days or something like that mm-hmm. and then they're considered a long term and so like a teacher will be there for like 15 days and then they'll rotate another temporary yeah, sub which yeah, is I've ridiculous that I think I think it was LUC. I think it was out in Eagle Rock. And it was like, yeah, they'd have a new substitute teacher. So my argument was like, how could you provide a FAPE, you know, with instruct? Yeah. And that was interesting. But so, I mean, I I would argue that the kids are not going to get a FAPE whatsoever if they go to school and they have, you know, the temporary subs. I mean, even like I said, even if the special education teachers are required, which I don't think it's going to happen, but they're required. It's just it's not the same experience. It's not the same learning environment. Everything's going to be out of whack. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have parents that ask, okay, well, if it's not going to be a great environment and if there's not going to be nurses, are my kids safe? You know, what are my rights here? I mean, I do think to a certain extent you have an argument to be made to say, you know, maybe you keep your kid home from school. Now, I'm not advocating that and I'm not advising you that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you have a specific circumstance where you think your child is not going to be safe, then I think that that is isn't an important thing to think about. And I think that first question, right, where it's like, do I still send my kids to school? And they're like, yes, it just is probably making reference to the law in that, you know, you have send your kid to school so amanda is saying you know that still exists sarb the school attendance review board could still you know when you get a sarb letter if your child still truancy laws yeah numerous absences that aren't excused then that could still happen i mean obviously there's a lot of moving parts here so yeah i don't know how that you know most of the time those sarb letters um when we are dealing with them when some of our kiddos get them they're just like generated by or the phone call is just like an automated automated um phone call so hopefully we'll have an update with you guys uh, i mean if the administrators are teaching the classes i don't know how they're going to do their administrative jobs and part of that is right doing the SARB. so i mean i don't know what's going to be enforced 
it's just it's going to be very interesting and i mean i hopefully you know monday tomorrow they reach some sort of agreement i don't think that the teachers are trying to be you know it, it's 0.5 that they're at right now yes there's timing differences yeah but if they can reach some sort of compromise you know i don't think that they want everything all at once with the nurses and, and extra staff but i think they want at least a good foothold so that yeah. they're able to change the way that education at least in LAUSD yeah, and hopefully for the nation like is is being presented yeah well I mean with the number of lawsuits that come against LAUSD you think that they would want to make a change because clearly something's not working you know with the largest one of the largest school districts in the country I mean you need to be doing a better job of protecting our kids and Again, I just I find it ludicrous that they're trying to argue that that's what they're trying to do with forcing these teachers. It's a very creative argument, but like to try and and use that to get part of the teachers against and you know, we see this all the time on a local level with special education student their parents and the general education students parents where sometimes an admin or or you know a rumor kind of gets started somehow where right. it's just like you know a gen ed student their parent is like well why should your kid get all this money you know i don't understand like my kid's not getting any money i have to do these fundraisers and it's just like no 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 that's not yeah. what's happening here and that's kind of yeah. what i'm seeing you know with yeah. the, they're trying to separate the sped teachers and you know sped teachers all teachers have hard hard i, I saw right. a meme earlier today and it was like somebody saying something to a teacher like oh it must be nice to have winter break or summer break yeah. and then the teacher's like must be nice to only work 40 hours a week and it's totally true i yeah. mean how many teachers do we know that buy their own school supplies right buy their own school supplies yeah you know, or that- things that they want to hang up on their walls to make it more enticing or engaging to make multi-sensory learning right. for kids because the school doesn't want to pay for multi-sensory programming so the teachers have to do it yeah. themselves. It's not just eight to two that they're working. Like right. they have papers to grade. They have curriculum that they have to create yeah. if not abide by and make sure that the activities, I mean, teachers definitely do not get paid enough so you know we are all about trying to get them where they need to be um hopefully you know a compromise and will be reached and you know obviously yeah. we're gonna do whatever we need to because our clients are the children that may be affected by this but um we'll keep you guys updated yeah um, if we hear anything else we'll do an updated episode maybe we'll do if there's just a short update we'll do like a a small update or maybe we'll post it on the yeah. facebook page if we don't I mean, have a chance to do an episode if you're in lausd and this strike happens you know reach out to us we'd love yeah. to hear from you yeah we'd love to hear what your school is doing and what yeah. you're doing and we'll if you're you personally affected or if you're a teacher that's going through oh, the we union love we'd love to, to have yeah. you on the pod so yeah, let us know we would yeah thank you or i don't know why they <laughs> haven't done that <laughs> they haven't done it yet but that we would be no very appreciative but if you it. yeah we'd yeah. love it so yeah the first episode yeah, of the pod um of the year <laughs> the live, See, live i'm still live of the live, year live still getting into the the new year 2019. but um, we will talk to you next week bye bye